Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. We've been in a series the last couple of weeks for calling Escape Room, and we're talking about uh, some of the things in our life that we need to escape. And today I want to kind of wrap up, wrap up that series by talking about escaping expectations. Raise your hand if you've ever had somebody let you down. We've had people let us down. Maybe it was a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you trusted them, and then you realized that you shouldn't have. Or maybe it was a friend, and you thought they they had your back, and then you found out that everything that you told them, they told somebody else, right? Which it's a clue that if somebody will talk about somebody else to you, they're probably going to talk about you to somebody else. Um, or maybe, maybe it was you finally thought that you had, you had arrived, and that was the person you were going to marry, but yet it turns out that they just, they weren't the right person. When it came time for them to be in your corner, they backed out. People let us down. That's, that's a given, Right? How many of you have ever felt let down by God? Maybe, yeah, you don't have to raise your hand. Maybe, maybe you had prayed for something and you had believed for it and it never happened. Maybe you had mapped out in your head how the situation that you're in right now, how it was going to be handled and God didn't do it that way. As a matter of fact, it felt like he didn't do anything at all. Maybe Maybe you had in your mind the career that you were going to take, the career path that you were going to take, and you were just sure of it when you came up for that promotion or when you interviewed for that job, and God didn't, God didn't give it to you, and you, and you felt let down. You felt, you felt disappointed in what God had, had done. Here's the question I want us to start with this morning. What if God always met your expectations? What if the creator of the universe, the one who created the person sitting beside you, whether you like him or not, the person that created the trees, the moon, the stars, who literally flung the stars in the sky, the one who told the waves, you got to stop right here. What if that God always met your expectations? Today, I want to talk from, from this subject. What a letdown. Look at the person beside you and say, what a letdown. But now tell them, not you. What a letdown. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5 this morning. And just to kind of set up the story, the story we're, we're going to talk through today appears in three Gospels, um, a little unique in each one. Some people will say that it's three different callings of Peter. But nevertheless, this is one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. I love this story. It's the calling of Peter, who was Simon when we read this story. So it's going to say Simon, but I'll probably refer to him as Peter because Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. And it's one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture, and I've taught on it a bunch of times. I, I love reading it. I love talking about it. But several months ago, in my personal time with God, God showed me something through this story that, that I believe has kind of set me free and that I believe you need to hear and that he has for you this morning. And I believe if we'll listen and we'll take it and we'll let it get down into our souls, that it's going to change the way we feel about God not meeting our expectations. Luke chapter 5. We'll jump in. Verse 1. It says, One day, 
as Jesus was preaching on the, on the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed, say he noticed. He noticed, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. So just to paint the mental image for you. Okay, Jesus is teaching. He's on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. There's a big crowd. The crowd is growing. I don't know exactly how big this crowd is at this point, but it's hundreds, thousands of people. The crowd begins to grow. Jesus begins to back up to try to make more room for him. And he's like, whoa, I'm out of space. And in the midst of all of that, the Bible says that Jesus noticed. So Jesus is teaching the crowds. Hundreds of people sitting in front of him. But the Bible says that he took time to notice these fishermen that are washing their nets. This morning, I want you to know that in spite of your disappointment and in spite of what somebody has told you, Jesus notices you. Jesus, throughout the course of the New Testament, we would see Jesus and he would teach crowds and crowds and crowds of people. But we always see Jesus turning his attention away from the crowd to the individual. As a matter of fact, sometimes the Bible will use language like Jesus retreated or Jesus got away. He would get away from the crowds to pay attention to the individual. Individual. And better yet, fishermen of the time were not highfalutin folks. They weren't the top who's who in culture. Fishermen were kind of the low of the low. You see, Jesus doesn't just take time to notice. He takes time to especially notice those that culture, culture often overlooks. Throughout Scripture, we see Jesus lifting up those that other people had overlooked, looking, lifting up those people that most people would have pushed down. And so that's good news for you this morning because some of you have heard the exact opposite for much of your life. That if you don't have enough money, if you don't give enough money, if you don't know enough, if you're not close enough to God, then Jesus doesn't notice you. But, notice you. but this morning, God sent me to tell somebody, and this is worth your price of admission, that in spite of what the people around you seem to ignore, he notices you. His eye is on you. He loves you. He is turning his attention and his focus to you today. Because he always teaches the crowd, but he notices the individuals. So Jesus continues to teach, and then in verse 3 it says, Stepping into one of the boats... Jesus asked Simon, once again, that's Peter, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the large crowds from there. So basically, Jesus hijacks Peter's boat. Think Grand Theft Auto, if you know what that is. Basically, Jesus says, Pete, this boat is now mine. But on a side note, though, how cool would it be for your boat to become Jesus' platform? Like your pontoon to become his pulpit? How cool would that be? And so, literally at this point, Peter is a captive audience, right? Because he's in the boat. Jesus is teaching. He's made more room for crowds. He finishes teaching the crowd. And then in verse 4, it says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. So put yourself in Peter's shoes. You're a fisherman. Like, you're not a weekend fisherman with a pole and a plastic worm. Like, you are a legit fisherman. You don't have a John boat. You are a legitimate fisherman, all right? Some of you are like, I'm legit. 
Probably not. You're a legitimate fisherman, okay? This is what you do for a living. This is your livelihood. It has been entrenched into your being. It has been passed down in your family. You are a fisherman. You've been fishing all night, and you have caught a big goose egg. You have not caught jack. You're tired. You're disappointed. You're disappointed in your catch. You're disappointed in your job. You're ready to quit. Everything that could go wrong seemingly has gone wrong Isn't that how the disappointing times in life feel? Can't you think of some times where you've had those same thoughts? Many of us are just tired of getting let down while we're waiting on things to change. You're tired of being disappointed again and again, and you're frustrated. You're worn out. You're tired of thinking maybe one day, or you're tired of thinking this is it. You're tired of looking for answers. You're tired of keeping all the balls in the air, just just trying to play it off like it's not that big of a deal, but yet you're disappointed again and again and again, but you can't think about it because you have other things to do. You're tired. You've tried. I'll just work harder. I'll push through it, but you're tired, right? Disappointment. But what happens next is where I really want us to concentrate today, and this is verse 5. It says, Master... Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. So Peter enters into a conversation with Jesus on the other side of his disappointment. After Peter is disappointed by his catch of fish, he engages in a conversation with Jesus. Maybe his bank account was getting low. Maybe the night before he hadn't caught anything either. But yet Jesus took time to notice him, even on the other side of Peter's disappointment and frustration. Peter hasn't had his expectations met. You've been there, right? Have you ever been disappointed in yourself? Peter is disappointed in himself. He's he's disappointed in himself in, in the job that he's just done. Maybe you're disappointed in yourself. Maybe you've, you, you've tried one more time. Maybe you've, you've tried to push it down. Maybe you tried to achieve, but you came up short again. Maybe you tried to be the, the father and the provider that you've always wanted to be, but yet you're disappointed in yourself because you couldn't hold down the job again. Maybe you've tried to look a certain way, but you keep being disappointed every time you try the fad and you look in the mirror. Maybe you're disappointed in yourself. Maybe you swore you would never drink again, but yet you hit rock bottom again, and now you look in the mirror and you're like, what have you done? Maybe you're disappointed in yourself. Peter is disappointed in himself, but he's also disappointed in his circumstance, Right? You've been disappointed in your circumstance, haven't you? They let you down. They betrayed you. That didn't work out. You're late everywhere you go. You're about to file for divorce. That job didn't satisfy either. You thought you were going to be healed. You thought you were going to be over it. You thought that family member was going to be healed. You thought they would never get it. You thought they would never get the diagnosis. And so you're disappointed in your circumstance. Peter experienced both. He was disappointed in himself, and he was disappointed in his circumstance. And yet Jesus looks at him and has the gumption to say, let down your net again. Try again. If I'm Peter, I'm 
they're probably getting ready to offer some excuses because remember, they've been, already been cleaning their nets, right? Maybe if I'm Peter, I'm saying, Jesus, listen, I know you're a really good carpenter. I have seen what you can do with a hammer and a nail, but I'm a fisherman, Jesus. I'm not putting my nail out again. If I'm, if I'm Peter, I'm thinking, Jesus, I've, I've seen you teach. I've seen you do some really cool stuff. You stick to the religion thing. I'll stick to the fishing thing, right? Or how about, Jesus, we've already washed our nets. That would be my thing, right? Which, side note, I think that's why McDonald's says the ice cream machine is down. Yes. Because they've already cleaned it. All right, I think that's my message. Let's pray. I'm just kidding. But if I'm Peter, I'm beginning to make some of those excuses, right? Like, like Jesus, we've, we've already cleaned the nets. Jesus, you know religion. I, I know fishing. Jesus, everybody knows it's, now's not the time to, to be fishing. But Peter doesn't make excuses. And instead, Peter, who has previously seen, heard Jesus teach, and has even seen Jesus in Luke 4 heal his mother-in-law, which many scholars believe that's why Jesus, uh, Peter denied Jesus three times. I love you, Cindy. That's my mother-in-law. I'm just trying to cover all my bases. You, you got to have the joke in there. But Peter, who has seen Jesus teach, he's seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law, thought, you know what? I'll humor Jesus. I'll let down my nets. You know, oftentimes Jesus' biggest blessings are when it feels like last minute. Oftentimes, when it feels like it's getting too late, when you feel like time is about to pass, you feel like it's fourth quarter, time is ticking down, usually that is when Jesus does his biggest work. And that's good news for some of you this morning because you have been let down, you have been disappointed, but hope is not lost. So Peter lets down his nets one more time. My question to you this morning is, where do you need to let down your nets? Because when I read that Jesus told Peter, let down your nets for a catch, what I hear God speaking to us today is, are you going to surrender your way for mine? Where do you need to let down your nets? Maybe you've had this idea of how God had to do it, what he was going to do. But all of a sudden, he's not doing that. It's not that God's not meeting your need. It's, not, it's that he's not meeting your need your way. Release your expectations and, and cling to Jesus. So look at what Jesus does when they were willing to let down their nets. Verse 6 says, And this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. So now they're like, hey, y'all, y'all, come over here. Check this out. There's, we, need some, we need some help. We need some more muscle over here. This is a boatload of fish. Y'all get it? This is a bunch of, of fish. We need some help over here. And so they, they brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Now, this is mind-blowing if you have some context. In this period, and still today, it is a known fact that in the Sea of Galilee, you catch fish at night and in shallow water because at night, these bugs would come 
at too shallow water, and they would get on the top of the water. And so the fish would come up to eat the bugs at night in shallow water. But here is Jesus, and he completely flips the script. Because instead of saying, okay, fish at night in shallow water when you're supposed to, Jesus says, no, I want you to go deeper, make, go to deeper water. It's the morning at this point. And that is where Jesus meets Peter's deepest desire, not in a way he expected. Because Jesus will flip your expectations. He will flip your expectations on their head and meet your need and meet the deepest desire of your heart in a way that you never, ever anticipated. And oftentimes in a way that doesn't make sense. Hello? So he, he, he flips it. Just because your expectations are not being met in your way does not mean God has checked out of your life. Because Jesus can, can flip it. Which begs the question, what would have happened had Peter caught fish that night? If God did exactly what you wanted, you wouldn't know it when he blew your mind. And this is important because some of you are dealing with disappointments right now. It's not that the need wasn't met. And it's not that Jesus isn't noticing you. It's that you're closed off to how he wants to blow your mind. Because you are so fixated on your expectations. Fish only. You only catch fish at night in shallow water. You are so closed off to God possibly doing something outside of your box that you're missing him completely. So Peter obviously reacts to this mass catch of fish. We all would, right? Verse 8 says, When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James, John, sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. So Peter sees Jesus perform another miracle. And one of the questions that I asked in my head was, Peter, why is this the one that made you bow down and worship Jesus and realize who he was? Like, why didn't that happen when you healed, when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law? Like, how did he not already know it at this point? And so I I asked God, God, why, why, was, why was this the moment? And here's what I've come up with. I think when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, the reason that Peter didn't fully realize who Jesus was and bow down in astonishment is because when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, he did what Peter expected him to do. I mean, you've only got two choices if somebody's sick, right? You heal them or, right? But, but, but in this story, Peter would have never anticipated this, right? And so ultimately, the thing that makes Peter realize who Jesus is is because Jesus was willing to do the thing that Peter never would have expected. How cool is that? So could it be that God's deepest love for you and deepest revelation to you about who he is comes when you least expect it? 
The conversation continues. So Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid from now on. You'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. So Peter's unmet expectation in verse 1 leads to Peter's very life and eternity being changed in verse 11. What a letdown. What a letdown. It's because of this story that if you go on to just Google the things that Peter did, we're here today because of what Peter did. What a letdown. Peter would go on to follow Jesus after this story with some good times and some bad. And Peter was always the loud mouth, foul mouth kind of disciple who pushed the limit. But he would write towards the end of his life, he would write 2 Peter 1.16. And this is what it says. It says, for we were not making up clever stories when, you to- when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, when we told you all that Jesus did, because Jesus is, Jesus is ascended at this point, and when we told you all that, Jesus is di- all, all that Jesus did and all that he promised to do, we weren't making up just clever stories. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. This morning, I want our testimony. I want our thing to be. I didn't just go to church and hear it. I didn't just read it in a book, as good as that book may be, but I have experienced the goodness of God in my life. It didn't look like I expected it to. It didn't always go exactly like I wanted it to, but I have experienced the goodness of God. How do I know he's real? Because he's been real for me. So let me ask you a question. What if God always met your expectations? He would never have a chance to blow your mind. What a letdown. With every head bowed and every eye closed. There's people in this room this morning, there's people watching online, and you've never experienced the goodness of God. You can't say, I've seen it. I've seen his splendor with my own eyes because you've never had a relationship with Jesus. This morning, Jesus got you to tune into this, or if you're watching on a replay somewhere, he got you to tune into it, or he got you in the building this morning because he is so in love with you. And I know that sounds a little weird because he's God and you can't see him, but He's so powerful, but yet he's so personal to you. And he's been coming after you for a long time. And all it takes is you surrendering your way, saying, I know I'm I'm imperfect. I know I don't deserve to be in a relationship with God. But Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross and raising from the dead to save me. Thank you. I believe in you. That's all it takes. So if you're in the room this morning and you want to accept Christ, just pray this prayer in your heart. There's nothing magical about it. It's just a confession. Say, Jesus, I've missed the mark. But I thank you that you noticed that and that you noticed me and that you died and that you rose. And I don't even know what all I do from here, but I put my trust in you. I surrender. I relinquish my life. You're my Lord. I'm going to follow you as best as I can.
In Jesus' name. God, thank you so much for every person under the sound of my voice. God, whether they're in the room or they're online or they're driving in their car listening to a podcast, God, thank you for that you notice them. God, I've tried my best to to relay what you've shown me, what you've taught me. God, thank you for the privilege of teaching your word to such amazing people. God, now I pray that this wouldn't just be another speech, another YouTube video that they've watched or another concert or whatever it is that they've gone to. God, but that you would just put something deep inside of them to let go of their net. To let go of their way. And to just trust. God, thank you how you speak to us individually. And God, what may make no sense to somebody else, you speak directly to us. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do with, with the words that you have spoken this morning. God, thank you that we can all come together in one room and worship one God. Thank you for what you're going to do in and through these people. In Jesus' name, amen.